Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And usually, she is the one who welcomes you to an episode and asking you to write this down with some scripture. But this one is going to be a little bit different. We are actually not having a conversation today, but we thought it could be a cool change up for you guys to hear a talk that she gave at her home church in Marietta, Georgia. And it is a talk that she gave on Mother's Day, and she. She tells a lot about her own life, but she really speaks to the moms of the audience, and she looks at the life of Moses's mom, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name, but it's a really great talk, and I really enjoyed it, and so I thought that would be a fun change up, and another thing to take note of is we will actually be taking next week off, but one last thing that I want you guys to take note of is we will be taking a break next week, but we will be back on September 7th, and we will be jumping back into our Bible reading and starting with the New Testament. And we are really excited to be talking about scripture again with you guys. So we will see you on September 7th, but please pull up a chair, listen in, and enjoy this talk from my mom, Dot Bowen. So I just want to invite Dot to come on up and I'm going to give a little bit of her background. Can we give her a big hand for being here? So you're going to find this funny uh, that um, when you said uh, that you and Howard were going to start attending our church, we met and talked for a couple uh-huh. hours, and she's the only person in the history of our church, especially a church plant. If somebody wants to come to your church, you're like, yes, please, and bring everybody. Uh, but you're the first person, uh, I can confess, in our church history where I discouraged you not to come to our church. <laughs> I was like, do you have to come, please? You know, I'm like, And the reason is, uh, is because we have so much history, and I have so many wounds from church, but uh, we have like 35 years of history. So I was like, just can you visit you know, just visit, you know, but, but obviously you're here and you've been attending and uh, this morning. You I was share. wondering if God Did that had hurt told feelings? you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was wondering if God had told you something I didn't know. <laughs> Why can't I go to that church? I was like, are you sure you want to come, please? Um, you know, I don't want to mess up our friendship, but what you need to know about our story is it, it's probably 35 years, but I, as a teenager, I would spend most of my weekends in their house. I was really good friends with Christy, and there was a group of us who would hang out, and we would, we would spend, I would spend a lot of time in your house. You opened up your home, you and Howard, and you're not going to like this, but we were looking for an old picture with the two of us, and we had a hard time finding one, but we did find one. This just tells you how far back we go. So I just got a question, okay? <laughs> what happened, like that collar? No, no, no. I, I mean, a good, no, a good win question. and I'm out of here. My memory's foggy, but did you come from an Amish background? <laughs> okay, you know, your, you know, your kids, when they look back on their pictures, they go, Mom, why did you put that on me? I'm like to my kids, why'd you let me wear that? <laughs> Do you hate me? I think it looks, it was probably uh, yeah, popular right. back in the day. See, the thing about me back is I the wear day. the same clothes today that I did that yeah, back then. Yeah. See, at least you've evolved. And, I have not evolved. Yeah. I'm still the same person. I look like a butterfly. I'm evolving, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm evolving. But I would spend a lot of time at yeah. your home, and uh, you and Howard specifically. Here's Howard. You invested into my story. And so uh, we go way back. Mm-hmm. So the thought that God kind of crossed our paths again was exciting. It was yeah. scary, but exciting. And you have uh, three kids and seven grandkids and one great-grandchild. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started when I was four. <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted me to share that. Well, You're yeah. still very young. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And you have a, a, another, uh, you have a ministry, Cup yeah, of Joy, you started in 2004, mm-hmm. uh, which is a ministry to women, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing. She probably can tell you all about it. But I just want to say this, and I'll let you speak, because I'm not supposed to speak today. I think the greatest thing when I look at your story, obviously your family's here, is your faithfulness, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So a lot of people, you know, in, in your season, which is a young season, <laughs> they dial it back or they just kind of go, I'm going to, you know, trade it in over here. And you're still going very hard for the Lord and the mission and your faithfulness, which is amazing, by the way. Uh, and I just want to say publicly, thank you for investing into my story in Howard, too. Uh, you just never know what God's going to do through it. And you opened up your home. And we had many conversations. And I think we played a lot of tennis together. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of things. But God used you in my story. We always say this at our church, that we're always a product of the people that have invested into our story. So anytime anybody comes along and says, I'm self-made, you just need to walk out the door. Uh, so I'm grateful for your impact into my story. I'd love to pray for you. That's cool. All right. Father, thank you for this morning. We just invite you here to do what you're going to do. Uh, thank you that we don't have to crush it out of the park or hit a home run today. You already did that with the resurrection. So we just lean in to what you've already done. Open our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Well, now that I feel old and ugly, um, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, start. But, you know, um, it is true when uh, Brent, you know, it, actually God uh, led me to Caroline. And she, I was speaking at a church, and she was singing, and we were like, oh, we love her. And they said, there's a church that she does. Uh, she goes, sings at, and then Christian's like, isn't that Brent's church? Anyway, so here we are. And, yes, he did try to talk me out of it, but I'm so stubborn, I'm still here. And, and now I'm speaking, so there you go. But you know, I, I never wanted uh, to be a speaker. I literally, if you could, every time I got into church, I would be in the very back row. I, I felt like if God could be up here, he could be back there. And I would come in, and the last thing I wanted to do was to be on the front, definitely, never on the stage. But I just want to share this. I have been faithful, and I've also been unfaithful. I'm not perfect. My, all my children are here. I don't know why they didn't say amen to that. But, but I am a woman. I'm not a, I, I never think or think that I'm a professional speaker. I'm just a woman that God has done a lot. And I'm just a woman that I cannot not say what God's done. Because he's done so much in my life. And so today, it is Mom's Mother's Day, and I miss my mom. She's up in heaven and homecoming and thinking about that. And I'm aware of, you know, we're supposed to celebrate moms. And, you know, as we got married, I was told that we couldn't have children. I couldn't have children. And the doctor that told me, that I couldn't have children, you know, we kind of try to deal with that, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I know, all I ever wanted to be was to be married and be a mom in that order, to be married and a mom, and, and so as I, as I would think, okay, you just kind of have to realize that maybe that's just not God's plan for everybody, but God had a plan for me, and God did make me a mom, and uh, he overdid it. He really, yeah. and um, that is my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandson. And, you know, as I think about 
what God is doing. And then that's my story. And one of the things I don't want to say is like, oh, well, God, if the doctors told her she couldn't have a child, then there's hope that there's maybe I will. And there is always hope because of God. But it, this is my story. And this is something that God had for planned for me. And so I don't want to sit here and just say, well, you know, the doctors told me that I, you know, couldn't have a children, but God spoke and I did and I have all of these. Yes, it's true. But it's my story is what God wanted to do in my life. And I remember um, being in the hospital, and this is a true story. I, I remember thinking when I had Christy, I'm a baby having a baby. Now I really want four. But I was really thinking, you know, I remember this you know, here's, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't want to go home with this child. And, and so I, I literally said to the nurse, I need some instructions. And she said, well, you mean to get out of the hospital? Here's the instructions to how to, you know, check out. No, how to raise this child. I need instructions on how to raise this child. And um, over the years, what I've learned is I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to be a mom. I didn't know how to be a wife. I didn't know how to to be a grandmother. I didn't know how to be a great-grandmother. I didn't know how to to be a mother-in-law. I didn't know how to do any. I didn't even know how to be a child of God. I didn't know what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And as I began to grow, and as God began to work in my life, I began to to say, God, what, what do I do? I don't, I need you. And, and I certainly, as I think, and I'm so thankful that my children are here and my grandkids are here, but I didn't have, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know my grandparents. I didn't have, the, you know, they always say, you you got to have this example. And, and I highly recommend a good example. But I didn't know that, but I had God. And God had given me the scriptures. And God began to give me a desire and a heart to, to know the scripture and to know what God wanted for my life. And, and, and as I began to, to look and to read the scripture, I started thinking about, well, who am I going to relate to? Like, hey, Mary? I don't think so. She had the Messiah. Can you even imagine being pregnant with the Messiah? Like, you would eat all organic. You, I mean, like, you're like, it is up to me to, to birth this, you know, Messiah. You know, you would never have a Krispy Kreme donut. I mean, it just would just wouldn't happen. And so as I begin, I'm like, well, I'm not going to try to, you know, learn anything from Mary. She just, no matter what happened to her, she said, let it be, just let it be. And I'm like, well, I cannot relate to her. But, you know, as I looked in it and I and, um, realized, I started looking at Moses' mom. Now, I could relate to Moses because he was a basket case. And, and so I thought about, you know, well, you know, God, can you help me to just, you know, let me get learn something. Now, I am not the mother of Moses, and I'm never going to be the mother of Moses. I mean, I've got wonderful children, but they're not, you know, the deliverer of Israel. We've got one. But, but here's what I started thinking. I'm like, you know, you can learn something. You can learn there's principles in the Bible. You don't have to be that person for God to teach you something. And so as I began to to read and get, I want to read with you to Exodus. That would be where Moses' story is. And you know, Moses' mother did not have, she did not get pregnant at a good time. They were throwing baby boys in the Nile River. This is not a great time to be carrying a baby boy and birth a baby boy. And so here is um, Moses' mother. She's pregnant. 
the, the, there's a new king. There's a new man in charge. He's threatened by the Jewish people. They're just growing like you couldn't believe it. And so here they are. They're just um, growing and growing. And so this king becomes very jealous. He's like, we've got to stop this. And so he tells the midwives to, you know, if it's a baby boy, throw him in the Nile River. And so as I think about that, I'm thinking, bless her heart. Here is Moses' mother having a baby boy. What do you do? What do you, what do, you do? You, you know you love this, and, and, and we, you love your son. And, and here is the king saying, he's out of jealousy. You know he's wrong. So what do you do? And as I began to read, I'm going to read a little bit uh, in Exodus 2, verses 2. It says, the woman that was uh, Moses' mother conceived, and she bore a son, and she saw that he was a fine child, and she hid him for three months. When she could not hide him no longer, she took for him a basket. She made for him a basket of bulrushes and dubbed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now, let me tell you something. I told Brent this. Now, I don't know Moses' mother, but I believe with all my heart she practiced this. Because she had three months, and I know a mother. We're going to go. we got a plan. Now, you know, I don't know what we're going to do, but I know we're going to, we're going to practice this. And I believe that, um, that Moses' mother and Moses' sister said, okay, Moses' mother saying, okay, now I want you to go by the bank, and I want you to watch. And I want you to see what happens. And so they knew that Pharaoh's daughter was going to be bathing in the Nile River. And so he made, she made this basket, and I, I think I've got a picture of this basket. Now, I, I don't know how long it took her. It take me forever to make this basket, but we all know that, you know, she couldn't Google it or, you know, order on Amazon, so she made this basket. So for three months, I believe with all my heart, she began to just say, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do, what do we do as mom? What do we do when we know that we're, our backs are against the wall? What do we do when we don't know what to do? And I, I believe with all of my heart that she put Moses, we know that she put Moses in this basket and she put him on the reeds. I always think that Moses is just floating around, you know, but he's, she set him there. And here is Pharaoh's daughter bathing and Moses' sister now, I don't know how your brothers and sisters are, but can you imagine Moses' sister going, I'm going to watch and see what happens. Now, some of your brothers might say, let her have him. But, but here's the deal. Here's what I love about this, is that only God, only God can do this. Only God can pay the mother to breastfeed her only child by the person that was supposed to kill him. Only God can do that. And so as I began to look at the life of Moses' mother and how she had this plan, and she didn't know what to do, her back was against the wall. She had no plan. She, did ha- she could not know what to do, but she trusted God. And she made a plan, and she was creative. She did all that she could. She gave all that she had. And as I think about moms, as I think about his follower Jesus, as I think about you as whatever is going on in your life or whatever is going on in your situation, 
Did you know that God does not want you to be perfect? Did you know that God didn't expect you to be perfect? There's only one. He's only perfect one. And I feel like as moms that we feel like we have to be perfect, that if we're not perfect, then the outcome of our children are going to just go down the hill. I'm like, they're just terrible. Like, and you know what it's like. You hear about, did you hear about your child? You're like, uh, and you begin to take the responsibility of the outcome of your lives, of your children's lives. And, and I believe with all my heart that God, who is perfect, doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he wants us to do all that we can. We do all that we can, and we give him all that we have. And as I think about Moses' mother and how that she had nothing, and she was had her back against the wall, she did not know what to do. She didn't know what God was going to do. I did not know what God's going to do in my life. I don't know what God's going to do in my children's lives. But God has a plan for them, and he had a plan for me. And he picked me up. I love that song. He picked, you know, I lost me. I lost me. You know, when I think about what God has done in my life and how he's picked up all the pieces and how he's put me back together, I'm still a mess. And it's okay. I don't have to be perfect. And what I've found is that often as moms, often as children of God, often as believers, often as wives and mother-in-laws and, you know, all these roles that we play, these are only roles. This is not my identity. You know, I, I am very aware. I have a daughter that this is what she wanted to be a mom. She's not a mom. She's not married yet. And, and you know, I want that for her. It's a desire of her heart. And I began to realize that God has a plan for my children. They're his. They're not mine. And as women, often, we find our identity based on the things that we do or what we have. And I think that God is just showing me over the years that my identity has nothing to do with if I'm a mother, if I'm a, a good mother, if I'm a, a grandmother, or whatever you feel like. If, you know, if you're single, if you desire to be married, if you're married and you decide to have children, do you know that that's not who defines you? That's not what defines you. That doesn't give you what's worth. You know what I found out? God did not die. Jesus did not die to make me a mom. God died for me. God wanted me and my self-worth and my identity and my value because, because I'm a child of God. He loves me. He died for me. He has a plan for my life. And my identity and the outcome of my children's lives is not dependent on me. Let me tell you something. You the married. Have you ever changed your husband? I didn't think so. You tried. He just acted like you changed him. Have you ever changed your children's lives? Have you ever changed yours? Only God can make them godly. Only God can bring them an understanding of their true worth and value. Yes, I think you should be a good mom. I think you should do all that you can. I think you should do all that you know what to do. You know, there's limits. I realized that when I was growing up, my mom and dad, 
you know, I didn't grow up. We didn't have, we had a Bible. I found out when my dad died, they gave it to me. It was about this big. And I'm like, how did I miss that? Yeah. But yeah, we didn't talk about God. We didn't pray at the table. And, and I never crawled up in my dad's lap. I never heard my dad say, I love you. He wrote it. He gave it to me right before he died on a piece of paper. I have it in, on my desk. I never heard him say that he loved me. And, and as I think about, you know, here is my children, and, and I want my children to, to, to be all that God has for them. But it's not up to me. God has a plan. God has a plan for their lives. And I can do what I can do. But I realized over the years that my dad, my dad didn't have anybody. He didn't crawl up anybody's lap. My, my, they, my found out later that my dad's parents died at a very young age. But my dad showed me that he loved me based on the capacity that he had to do it. He gave all that he had. And, and, and as I think about me and as I think about us women and as I think about as a follower of Jesus and, and our things in our lives and what God wants for us, and I, you know, I don't want my children to hurt. I don't want them to go through a hard time. I don't want them to, to feel pain. I don't want them to go through an ACL surgery next week. I don't want them to put my son-in-law in an ambulance last two days or three days ago and see my daughter nervous about that. I don't want these things to happen. I don't want uh, them to have any pain. I don't want my daughter to want to be married and it's not happening. I don't want that. But you know what I found out? This isn't heaven. This is not heaven. And we are living in a world, and one day we're talking about homecoming. Yes, that's going to happen. But for right now, how do you survive? How do you do it? How do you continue to hold on to God? How do you continue to be faithful to what God wants you to be? And to me, it's this. You give Him all you got. And you let God do all that he can do. You do all that you can. You give him all that you have. You know what I find so amazing? Is that in Genesis 2, it says this. At the very end, there comes a new king. It says, during those many days, the king of Egypt died. And the people of Israel groaned because of the slavery and cried out for help. They cried for rescue from slavery, came to God. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God knew. See, God has a plan for your life. If you're breathing, and I'm assuming you are, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. You know what's amazing? God will ask Moses to come back to the Nile River, a new king and a new Moses. And he will stand beside the Nile River, and he will say to uh, a new king, I love this, Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. 
And he says this, And you shall say, talking to the new king, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. Here is Moses, a new Moses. A Moses that had felt so like a failure. You know, there was something about Moses. He, he just, he couldn't help himself. He would see this Israelite beating up, this Egyptian beating up, and he would rescue him. And the Israelite said, uh, the Egyptian said, uh, later on, uh, you know, like, and he kills this Egyptian, uh, Moses dies, and he hides, and he, he's scared, and he comes back later, and he sees another uh, Israelite, and they're fighting, and he says to them, don't fight your brothers. Now, remember, Moses grew up in the Egyptian home from the Pharaoh. And they say to him, who appointed you our deliverer? Well, God did. But Moses didn't know that. And so Moses kills the Egyptians, goes into the wilderness, and he lives there 40 years, feeling like a failure. At first, Moses is like, I'm going to deliver them, and I'm going to take care of those Jewish people. And he kills this Egyptian, and then now he feels like a failure. And he goes back into the wilderness. But you look at the failure, you look at our lives, and sometimes we feel like we're, we're just failures. Moses, for 40 years, felt like a murderer. But if you were going to be the deliverer of God's people, if you were going to be appointed by God to lead millions of Israelites out of the wilderness, you might want to learn the way of the wilderness. God had a plan. He had a purpose. So for 40 years, God was preparing Moses for what God had prepared for Moses. And as we think about our children, as we think about our lives, and we feel like we don't have no value, we have nothing, you think about what you've done, and often we feel like we're defined by our mistakes. But I want you to understand that God is saying, you think, you're all about you. I can change a life. I have a reason and a purpose for your lives. And he took Moses. He allowed Moses to learn how to live in the wilderness, but he became humbled. And as he began to, to live, God now comes to the burning bush. He says, I hear the cries of my children. And what really helped me is to know that God hears our cries. He knows our heart. And God remembered. God knew. And as I think about us as moms, as I think about us as want-to-be moms, as I think about me missing my mom, as I think about being a wife and a, and a mother-in-law and a, a grandmother, and I don't know. I don't know what to do. But I know God does. And what I've found is so often our hopes, our dreams, our expectations, our things that we want for our children. We want for the people that we love. We want for our husbands to, to be this man of God, that we want the best for them. All of these are in our hearts, but we don't know how to do that. We don't have any. We cannot be their God. And as I began to, to think, like, you know, we just, just recently, you know, just listening to my grandchildren and, and walking life with them and hurting and crying and hearing as much as I care and as much as I want to change it. I can't because I'm not their God. Only God can change a life. Only God can make meaning and purpose 
out of your life. And as I think about only God, I look back and I think only God can do what only God can do. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know. I just started going to church here. I don't know anything about anything. But here's what I do know. If you are a mom, you, however much you can love them, how much you can care, that's all God asks of you. To give Him everything. Give God your expectations. Give God your dreams. Give God your hopes. Because it may not be God's hope and dreams for them. They may have to make a mistake. I would not be here today if it wasn't for the grace of God and His forgiveness. I know what it's like to walk away from God disappointed because he didn't do what I asked him to do. He didn't do, he didn't perform the way that I thought. I begged him to not allow my dad to die. I said to God, God, if you would just heal him and let me take him home, I'll praise you forever. I met Chattanooga. Jesus was interceding. Here's his prayers for my dad trumped mine. And God said, I'm ready to bring him home. But not Chattanooga. And I didn't know. I didn't understand. Brenda, I was working with teenagers. Letting them be in our home with pizza everywhere. Shouldn't that give me a little bit more points with God? But God had a plan for my dad. He had a plan for my mom. He had a plan for me. He has a plan for my children. He has a plan for my grandchildren. He has a plan for my great-grandchildren. He has a plan for my husband. He has a plan for me. And it's just getting in on his plan. It may not look like you think it'll look like. Only God can take a little man out of the Nile River from the very person that was about to kill him, place him in that home, Allow him to be reared by that very man that had put a death sentence on his life. To rescue him, send him out to the wilderness to train him to be Israel's greatest redeemer, deliverer. Only God can do that. We do not want to get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives and in the lives of our children. You just never know what God might do if you only trust Him. As I 
think about my kids and my life, and, and they're all here. I mean, they hear me talk all the time. I can't believe they're here. But I want to say this. God has blessed me. He has, beyond measure, way more than I deserve. But what God has blessed me the most from and rescued me the most from is me. It's me. I can mess up a good life. I can take what God has done, and I can mess it up. And then, for whatever reason, God says, you're still not bigger than me. See, God has a plan for your life. You may be speaking next week, but he has a plan. And you, we, here's what I want to know. He's a, a loving, loving God. I know he gets a bad rap, but God never meant for us to deal with pain, suffering, and sorrow. Read Genesis 1 and 2. But man decided that they would be God. Genesis 3. And we're having to deal with it ever since. What amazes me, if you're here, we've got you a little basket. Not because we think you're a basket case, because we know you are. Um, But as a reminder, you know, God told um, Noah, build an ark. He said, I'm not going to destroy the world again. I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky, and I want you to remember. He told Moses, when you get to the Red Sea, I want you to build up some stones, and I want you to be remember. I want you to remember what I did. And I think what is amazing to me is that Jesus kept his scars as a reminder of what he has done for us. So this basket, this little basket here, is just a remembrance. It's a remembrance of being able to, maybe today, that you will just put whatever is on your heart, whatever you feel that you need to to just say, God, I'm giving this to you. God, this is my children. God, this is my life. God, these are my hopes and my dreams. God, I give this to you. You never know what God's going to do. Trust him. You know, I, I think about so often those moments of when I've lived life and I'm going my way. I, I just think about I've, all my, I've, shame and regret. When I've lived life doing what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know what I got? Shame and regret. I've never once looked back and wished and have the shame and regret trusting God. Never once. It's never been easy. You didn't say it was easy. Do you think the cross was easy? But it's right. And, and, and as I think about this basket and, and how that, you know what? Nobody can remember Moses' mother's name. Her name was Jacobet. Did you know that? Because it wasn't ever about her. It's not about us. 
is about a God that has a plan and a purpose. And what God said to Moses, he said, Moses, so that they will know that I am God. Don't you want to live in a way that, that you look back and you go, because I know there's a God? You know, do you want to just, you know what we settle for? We settle for happiness. God wants to give us peace. We settle for just getting by. God wants us to, to know that he is God. And, and as I think about the things I've had to give God, my mistakes, my life, my children and their lives and their hopes and their dreams, my hopes and my dreams for them. God, you do. But you do what only you can do. And you know, God understands because God did all that he could do for us. And he gave all that he had. He gave us Jesus. He gave us his son. And as I think, Jesus, you you did what I could not do. And I can't give you my kids. I can't surrender them to you. I can't, I, I, I'm wanting to hold on. I can't, I can't give you my life. And he's like, I know, baby. He calls me sugar pie. I know you can't. I'll do it through you. You know, we talk about surrendering. We talk about giving our lives to God. We can't do that. But God can in us. And so we do what we can do. And we give what we only have. And it may just be a bad attitude. It may be anger. It may be a disappointment. But you can say, God, here it is. God, here it is. Do what only you can do. This little cross, hang hard from Jerusalem, made out of olive wood. And, and I want whoever wants this, who needs it, I want you to take it. And I want you to remember that it's not about what you can do. It's about what he did. You know, God gave his son so that we can have life. Only God, only God will send his son to die for the people that hated him, that ran from him. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.